Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. You know, as an evangelist, when you're preaching the gospel, you have to paint pictures. You, have, you, you really dig into it. And, and um, <clears throat> if, you know, I, I, I think I'm quite good in Swahili. I'm not that good in English. <laughs> if I lived, lived in the U.S., maybe I would be, be good in, 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 in English. Anyhow, I don't know if you speak English. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, I, I, I called my office one day. I want to talk. I mean, I want to hear how, how, do you, how do you answer the phone. So I got my secretary, and I, and I changed my voice and, uh, and spoke in Swahili to her. She never figured out it was me. I think that's pretty good. Uh, and another day, I called a pastor, a pastor friend of mine. He has been on my board in Tanzania for many, many, many years. He lives in another, another city. And I called him as a sinner. I was crying. I, I did something terrible. And I needed prayer just now. Then he asked me if I could come to his church. Within 15 minutes, he would be there. <laughs> he didn't figure out it was me. <laughs> uh, if, 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 I mean, we have been living in Tanzania for 40 years. And um, Tanzania had 130 tribes. Every tribe have their own mother tongue, their language. So we have a one national language, which is Kiswahili. And Nelson Mandela from South Africa, he, he once said, uh, if, if you speak to, to the people with an interpreter, you speak to their brain. But if you speak the language, you speak to their hearts. So I have trained myself for several years to, 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 to speak to the people's heart. And... Um, we, we, we do a lot of ministry in Tanzania, but the, 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 the main ministry for me <clears throat> as an evangelist is to preach the gospel. And if the world don't come to the church, somebody from the church has to go to the world. And uh, especially if, if you're called to be an evangelist, it's good to be in the church. Coming to the island church is a highlight in our life every year. It's blessing us so much, and we are very thankful for that. But I tell you, when I go back home at the last week of May, the rainy season will be over, I will have a crusade. I can fly. Even if I don't have wings. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. You have to be there. You have to see it. You have to feel it. And you have to smell it. Amen? Amen? Uh, just in a moment, I want to show you a, a, a DVD. I showed it before here in the Island Church, but the reason I'm going to show it again, I will take you to a crusade. We did it maybe three, four, four years ago. And uh, I want to show it to you because now the, that area, the whole that, all of that area, not a village, but a whole region, it's not allowed to preach the gospel in public anymore. We are supposed to have four Crusades last year promised the permission to do it, but in the last minute, no, not only us, but it is not allowed to have open air meetings. Then one of the churches had a big, big ground, so we wanted to do it outside the church building, but even not outside the church building is allowed. 
So suddenly, things can change. And you might ask, why, why, why? Nobody in Tanzania would, would think about it, it, it would happen or, or be like that. It's because, don't get me wrong, we, 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 have, we have Muslim people. And, and um, average Muslim people, they are good people. But we have some very extreme, radical people that they don't like us. And they, what they do, they create a lot of troubles. So the government shut it down. That's a purpose. But... But I believe something great is going to happen anyhow. Anyhow, something great is going to happen. Amen? And, and this crusade I'm going to show you, uh, I mean, many years back, they asked us to come there, and I wouldn't go there because you hardly can call it a village. It's five, three miles from the border to Burundi. It's a roundabout and some African shops. And here and there, you see some huts and houses, but not really a village. I would never think 10, 15,000 people would show up to a crusade, but they did. It blew me away completely. So you ask me where people are coming from. Sometimes I don't know, but they are coming and they are hungry and they don't have cars. Very few have motorbikes, some, some have bicycles, but they have two legs and they walk on their legs and they are coming. I don't know about you tonight, uh, how far away you came, but I think you came in a car with air condition. Those people are walking under the sun. And then they are standing, not sitting, because I don't have 10,000 chairs. Uh, standing in the sun for two, three, up to four hours and don't get tired. People in the Western world sitting in the nice chairs getting tired after half an hour. Move the chairs out. <laughs> so, Hannah and I, we are so thankful that we, 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 we are allowed to come to you every year in April. And we love you. And we thank you for your prayers. And, and just shortly, um, I didn't know the Danish government was following me. We lived in Tanzania for 40 years. I have a, we have a Danish passport. So we are Danish. And I didn't, if, didn't know the government of Denmark followed me. Uh, but they, they did, and they do. <laughs> I think that's quite good. But then, last year, they didn't like what I was saying, or what I was writing about the situation in Tanzania and the Muslims. They are burning down our churches and killing our pastors, raping the Christian women. They didn't believe me. Denmark is a Lutheran nation. The, 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 the government of Denmark uh, is the head of the Lutheran church. So the, within the Lutheran Church, there's a mission organization, big, because they, they get the government money. And it's called Dan Mission. And they call somebody from the Dan Mission to go and check Tanzania out if I was right or if I was wrong. And this guy, he went to Tanzania. We didn't know anything about it. And he made a report to the government of Denmark. And it was even more shocking than my words. So last year in October, I was preaching in Denmark, and he called me, and he told me the story, the whole story. And he said, I heard somebody in Tanzania using the word, a coming genocide. You know, a genocide, it happened in Rwanda, 93, 94, nearly one million people was killed. Now somebody in there talking about a coming genocide in Tanzania. So the Danish government, they gave that mission organization 
200,000 U.S. dollars and to send this man back to Tanzania and try to talk to the Christian leaders and the Muslim leaders. It's good to have communication, but it's even better to preach the gospel. Because no peace is coming without the Prince of Peace. Only Jesus bring peace. Now is the time to preach even more than ever. Amen? Amen? Can we roll the DVD?
It is absolutely possible for you to buy an air ticket and come and attend the crusade. I mean, it's the same route. We came and we go back and we bought a ticket. You can buy a ticket and then you can go and be on a crusade. It's good. I mean, I'm excited when I, when I, when I, when I see the DVD or the video, but it's even better to be there. Much, much, much better. I tell you. Hallelujah. Uh, we really want to stay in touch with you, and we really want to give you all the information we have. And in order for us to do that, we, we, we ask you to sign up on a sign-up sheets out there when you leave. Give us your email address and your name. Write it so my wife can read it. That's very important. And then we will give you all the information about uh, uh, our work in Tanzania. We love people. Ministry is about people. We need land. We need buildings. We need trucks. We need a PI system. We need cars. We need a lot of stuff. But without people, it doesn't work. Amen? So God bless you. Uh, we went to a place in Louisiana called Mansfield. Carmel, and we came into the sanctuary, and all over the walls was written, the best is yet to come. I mean, I got so excited. I got so excited. I mean, me as a guest speaker, I was reading, reading on the walls, the, yes, yet, the best is yet to come. So, I, I, I mean, I really got to, sometimes I get very excited I don't know if it's going to happen tonight. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> but sometimes when I'm preaching the gospel, I, I, I'm getting so excited. I do. And um, I got really excited. And then suddenly, suddenly, it never happened to me before. I never seen it either. There were a lot of children uh, attending that meeting. Suddenly, all the kids came forward. And they put something in my pockets and everywhere. And I felt a little bit uncomfortable. So I had to look over to the pastor, and he was just mine. He said, it's okay, just go ahead. Just continue preaching. And I mean, they continued. I mean, my jacket was full. My, my, everywhere was stuff, and I didn't know what it was. The best is yet to come. So after the service, I, I came to my hotel room, and I had to, I, I mean, I really want to know what is here. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Money, money, money. <laughs> Jewelries, watches. I mean, a lot of goodies. The best is yet to come. I don't know if they organized it or planned it. I never figured that out. Anyhow, I didn't care. I got it. <laughs> and you know, God is a good God. Oh, I try again. <laughs> God is really a good God. And the God is, our God is not a respect of man. He wants the best for you. I, I, I said, for you. When? Today. So the, the best is yet to come for you. I, I don't know anything about you. Pastor, you, you, you mentioned uh, something coming out of Europe. <laughs> Europe really needs Jesus. And when I go to Europe and preach in Europe, the response from the, from, from the people is like zero. 
It's so difficult to preach. I like when I get some response. I mean, <laughs> and I do get it here. And, and now I forgot what I should tell you. You see, I got so excited. <laughs> because, you know, one time I was, I was sitting on my platform, had a crusade in it, some, somewhere in Tanzania, you know, and I involved the local choirs to sing. And it's not that always that good, but, but I want them to be involved. Because I leave again. So now there was a choir. They were singing. It was, I'm not talking about you. No, no, no. You, you did good. You, I mean, you did really good. But that choir, it was terrible. Oh, my goodness. I'm maybe never been on, a, on an open-air meeting before with a big PA system and a big crowd, you know. So maybe they were nervous. I don't know. Maybe they came from a very small church. And maybe at home they were singing good. But oh my, that day, my goodness, it was flat from the beginning to the end, which is a miracle. Sounded terrible. So when they finished, that big crowd, they gave them applause. I mean, the, the crowd was crazy. I couldn't understand it because now, 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 now I remember. In Europe, if you do bad, no applause. Everybody? You really have to do good. <laughs> but they did so bad, and that crowd was crazy about them. I couldn't figure that out. So after the, after the service, I had to ask my Tanzanian co-workers, how comes? Then he said, oh, you don't understand because you're a white man. Really did it bad. It sounds terrible. But we need to encourage them. You got it? You got it? <laughs> and you see, God, who is a good God, we might do bad sometimes. I'm not talking about you, but somebody else. But even, I mean, we don't want to do bad, and we don't plan to do bad, but sometimes it happens we do bad, and still God wants to encourage us. Still, he, he tells us the best is yet to come. You see, I, I, I'm from a small island, small island, out in the Baltic Sea, south of Sweden, north of Poland. And it's, wintertime is very cold, very cold. The water is cold. The wind is cold. Everything is cold. And I was preaching on that island some years ago in the wintertime, and everything was so cold. But even the hearts of the people in the church were so cold. Mm. I mean, I tried my best. I, I mean, I prayed to God, please help me. Holy Spirit, help me. It's so difficult. And suddenly, I, I, never, I, 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 mean, I, I, never, I never had that thought before. But suddenly, I hear myself telling people something terrible. <laughs> terrible. And I tried to stop myself, but I couldn't, you know. When, when the words are leaving your, your mouth, your lips, I want to eat them again, but too late. <laughs> I said, you people, you are so cold. It's not cold outside, it's cold inside, but it's cold in your hearts as well. Listen to me, I said. It would be, maybe it would be better to be in hell because it's hot in hell. <laughs> I pray, God, do a miracle. Make me to a little rat so I can disappear. <laughs> Pastor, I don't know where it came from. I don't know. Not from the Holy Spirit, I guess. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I would never. So stupid and so dumb. 
I mean, how can I be that stupid, that, that dumb? This is my island. Those people pray for me. Those people support me. And then I offend them. Stupid. Stupid. I mean, if I was God, I would kill me. But still, <laughs> the best is yet to come. I mean, I've been asking God hundreds of times, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I, I didn't meant it. I wouldn't say it. I don't know where it came from, but I did it. Please forgive me. And I know God forgave me, but I also had to ask the people for forgiveness. And I did it several times because I couldn't make peace in my heart because it was so stupid and so dumb. It gave me so much pain. But I think a year ago and so, I recognized all those people couldn't remember it anymore. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because people are experts in remembering bad stuff. But because of God, he took it away. He erased it. Nobody could remember it anymore. So if people can't really remember it anymore and God forgave me, why shouldn't I forget it? You see, whatever situation you are in, God always have something better for you. Always. Always. Even tonight. I don't know you. I don't know your life. I don't, I don't know anything about your circumstances or challenges in your life. But I'm here to tell you tonight, God has something better in a storeroom for you. Amen? <laughs> you don't believe it? I will give you a scripture. Because I know you are, you are people of, 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 of the scripture, the Bible. In Romans chapter 8, verse number 31, it says, If God... Who? God is for us. Who can be uh, against us? So I'm here to ask you tonight, is God for you? I'll try a second time. Is God for you? You know, sometimes, sometimes as a Christian, you can have that feeling or experience, your experience, that God is not for you. Maybe not against you, but he's not for you. Hmm? Um, I have that feeling sometimes. I mean, as, as a missionary evangelist, even we see the miracles, blind eyes are open, deaf ears are open, uh, crippled people are walking, uh, miracles and powerful things are happening. Still, I'm a human. Still, I have feelings. Everybody has feelings. Anybody here who don't have any feelings? Don't raise your hand because you're dead. That's only our feelings. And the devil, he wants to play around our feelings. But from the standpoint of God, he is for us. He proved it more than 2,000 years ago. He sent his son because he is for us. Jesus is not against us. He is for us. He took the curse upon him, man. 
He took the sickness and diseases. He took the everything upon him to show that he is for us, not against us. He conquered the death. He was in the tomb, but not anymore. He, is, he was dead, but now alive. Because he is for us, not against us. And now I know, I know, I know we are in, uh, in Texas. Is this Texas? It's a little bit different to Texas. At, the, at this island, isn't it? <laughs> but even, even here in Galveston, you can things happening to you and, and it seems that God has forgotten you and God is against you and God is angry at you. But I'm here to tell you tonight, God is not angry at you. God hasn't forgotten you. God is still for you. And God still has something better for you. All the time, God has something better for you. Amen? If God is for us, who can be against us? Oh, yeah. I, in Europe, the European would tell me, you don't know my life. And the best answer I can give him, I tell him, no, do you know my life? I mean, I, I can be on my platform, you know, and I can cast out the devils. And I can be so happy. But when I go home after a crusade, oh, I don't want to go home. Too many challenges. Too many problems. But God is still for me. God is still for me. I mean, I don't know if somebody wants to kill you, but I have people that want to kill me. I'm not happy about it. Not at all. I don't like to be killed. I never tried this. I don't know how it is, but just thinking about it, I don't. No, 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 no. In, in, in the early 90s, the Muslims in Tanzania, they declared jihad against me. Jihad. It means if you kill me as a Muslim, <laughs> you will have um, 72 virgins in paradise waiting for you. But if you have that belief, Muhammad tells you, don't kill anybody more because there's no more, more virgins in heaven. I mean, sometimes in some areas, when I'm preaching, the, the government protect me. They send the soldiers, the military, send the police with machine guns and protect me when I'm preaching the gospel because they don't want me to get killed. And I tell you, it's a strange feeling when you, when you enter your platform and you see over there, over there, over there, there are soldiers, the military people that's, with machines, machine guns. It means that they know somebody, they want to kill the preacher. But you see, I, I don't like it, but I figured out when I see the machine guns, I preach even better. I do. I do. And we have bigger miracles and even more people are getting saved. Because the devil can be against us, but he can't stop the plan of God. You see, too many Christians are too afraid of the devil. I'm not afraid of the devil. He is stupid, dumb, and ugly. And he's not big. He's very little. He's very small. Because the Bible tells me his place in my life is under my feet. 
The devil is just a little rat with a big PA system. But my PA system is bigger. In the name of Jesus. He is so afraid of the name of Jesus. He don't like the name of Jesus. He don't like us to shout the name of Jesus. But I love the name of Jesus. I like to shout the name of Jesus. And every time I do it, even for myself, something is happening. Something in the spiritual world is released for my goodness. For the best of me. And for you. So if God is for us, who can be against us? Hebrews chapter 13, 5 and 6, God said, I will, I like that word, I will. It means God is not sitting in heaven in his rocking chair and talking about the old days. Do you remember? No, he is still a God of now. And he says, I will. Will what? I will never leave you. I will never leave you. I will never leave you. It's not all the time, 24-7, I feel that God is here. I said, feel. But I know he's close. I know he's there. Because he said, I will never leave you. He didn't say, if you're not doing good, if you're not saying good, if you're not a good tither, you should be a good tither. Hey, of course you should. But God said, I will never leave you. And he had, I will never forsake you. So we say with confidence. I like people when they are confident. I love preachers when they are confident. I love people when they are praying with a confident spirit. We say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do me? I would not be afraid. <laughs> afraid? Are you never afraid? Never? I have that feeling sometimes. Sometimes, of course. Yeah, if I know I'm driving too fast and I see the police car with the radar, <laughs> I get afraid. Yeah. I haven't got any ticket over here. <laughs> no, in Denmark, <laughs> in Africa, <laughs> you don't have to drive too fast to be stopped by the police officer because they are so corrupt. Anytime they see a car, they say money, 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 money. So I'm not afraid because I make sure my insurance is okay, my driving license is okay, everything is okay on my car. Just before we came over here, so, some few days before we left Tanzania, in Arusha, we, Hannah and I went somewhere, and there were the police officers on the road, and they pulled me over. <clears throat> it irritates me. I was not driving too fast. No, he wanted to see my driving license. He wanted to see this and that, and I was scared, you know. So, so, I mean, he couldn't do me anything. Finally, he was in a corner, then he asked me, what, what, what kind of work are you doing? I said, thank you, Jesus. I said, officer, I'm preaching the gospel. I'm preaching about Jesus Christ. So police officer don't have to go to hell, but to heaven. He looked at me and said, okay, sir, you can go. 
confident. It means know God. Know the will of God. Know the word of God. Then you'll be confident. <laughs> Psalm, uh, Psalm 23, verse number 1. You know it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. I like that. I shall not be in want. Uh, sometimes I have needs and I pray and I don't understand. Uh -uh. You have to go to the word. The best is yet to come. I shall not want. If the Lord is my shepherd. Oh yeah, we have temptations. We have problems. We might have some lack for some time. But still, the Lord is my shepherd. And I'm yielding to him. I'm clinging to him. I'm following him. And you know, I, I might be different to you, but sometimes, you know, I get, I get, I get tired. I've been praying about something for so long time. I mean, I know it's the will of the Lord because I read his word. How in the world comes you don't answer me? Sometimes I whisper. Sometimes I shout. Sometimes I get a little bit angry. Uh, of course, not you, but me. Angry at God. I know it's not right, but just a little bit. And one day the Holy Spirit told me that God, he knows you're angry. And I got scared. But then I figured out I'm still alive. He didn't kill me. <laughs> you see, some, some Christians, they are not truthful to themselves. They put everything in the, in, in, in the uh, that, uh, what do you call a pressure cooker. And you have to release it sometimes. If you don't release it, it will be a bomb exploding. Destruction. In Tanzania, we have, we have a mission organization. There, there are several places in the world. Missionary Aviation Fellowship. They fly missionaries, uh, preachers, evangelists. You can hire them. They, they fly anywhere you want to go. And I came to the, their main office, and I came to the office. There was a sponge, big sponge on the wall. And over the sponge was written, here you can bang your head. I'm glad there was a sponge. Because sometimes you really want to bang your head. But it hurt. So there was a sponge. And sometimes, you know, I mean, we are not angry because... We want to be angry, but you can be frustrated. Something is not going as it should go. And, and you, do you understand me what I'm talking about? Are we in the same boat? Okay, I just want to know if you're in the same boat. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's better. <laughs> it's better to, to let the pressure go out in your closet when you're talking to God instead in, in the kitchen when you're talking to your wife. Because your wife, she is not God. She's your wife. What I'm trying to tell you, yeah, we should be holy. Yes, we should live a holy life. 
But you see, when, when, our, right, when our heart is right, and our motor, when our heart is clean and our motive is right, God can handle everything from you. And still is written on the wall, the best is yet to come. <laughs> Amen? Are we okay? Thank you so much. Surely, verse number 6, uh, Psalm 23. Sure, I like that word. Sometimes I'm just eating some words. Surely. Surely. No doubt. Surely. Surely. Goodness and love will follow me. 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 Forgive me, I'm a little bit selfish. <laughs> but I want goodness and love to follow me. The best is yet to come. All. <laughs> All. Not only Sundays. No more blue Mondays. But all days. Some days are very smooth. Other days are rough. But still God's goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. The best is yet to come. Hallelujah. I start to get excited. You know, I'm a grandpa. When I got my first grandchild, I was so proud. It's 20 years ago. <laughs> and, 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 you know, last year I turned 65. <sighs> I can't believe it. And... <laughs> Not a long time ago. I mean, I have a very good bank in Denmark. They have been very good to me. That's not normal. That's not normal. They've been very, very, very good to me. But now they, they, they sent me an email. And because I'm 65, it, in Denmark, then it means you're a pensioner. Then we can't trust you anymore. You're not going to make any money more. You, 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 you're just sitting in a corner and nobody will recognize you. So the cry, line, I, we had a line of credit. You, you know, line of credit. If, if you don't have money, you can draw the money. Of course, you have to pay it back to the bank with interest. But I never used it very much, just, just very seldom. But I enjoyed to have that line of credit. Normally, I couldn't get that big line of credit. They gave me $100,000 in line of credit. Normally, then my banks don't give it to missionaries. But now, because I turned 65 and I'm old, they cut my line of credit down to 10,000. I couldn't understand it. I asked them, did I ever, ever, ever do anything wrong? No, 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 never, never. I mean, they were very satisfied by me. But because I'm old... You can't have a line of credit unless you move back to Denmark so we can control you. And I told him, I'm not moving back to Denmark because I'm not finished in Tanzania. But they think I should be finished because bankers in Denmark, they are finished when they are 62. But I'm not a banker. 
I'm an evangelist. I'm a missionary. And I felt so bad for some days. And I said, God, what is wrong? God told me, there's nothing wrong. The best is yet to come. You see, some people want, want us when we are 65 to step down. But I figured out, it's time to step up. Moses, he got the call of God when he was 80 years old. Then he started his ministry. No, no, no. I decided because I really had to pray to God. And I talked to God for, for quite some time. And I've decided I will walk the, all the way. I don't need the bank. I need God. I need God. And he tells me the best is yet to come. Why should the best only hit the younger people? Tell me! It's not right according to the word of God. Not at all. So I, I am extending. I want to preach more. I want to see more people get saved. I want more sick people get healed. I want to cast out more demons. I want to start more churches. I really want to do more, more, more. And God is telling me, don't worry about it. You might turn 65, 66, 67, and 77, and 87, and 100. But God is still the same. There's no age on the word. It's for us all. Romans chapter 4, 17 says, The God who gives life to the dead. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead yet. I don't know if you use the word over here in the U.S., half dead. How can you be half dead? That's absolutely nonsense. Do you have a bottle of water? Is it half full or half empty? No, 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 no. The God, there are different gods, you know. Don't get me wrong. I don't even mean to offend anybody, but, but you know, I've traveled in, some, sometimes I've traveled in Asia, and over there they're Buddhists. And I love those people, but I don't like Buddha. I don't. So, don't. I mean, I don't mean to offend anybody, but I just look at the Buddha, he's laying down there. With his big belly. He has eyes, but he can't see me. He has ears, ears but he can't hear me. He has a mouth, but he can't speak. Even he can't walk. He's dead. I mean, he's completely dead. He might be very old, but he's made by man. But my God is not made by man. Here's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the living God, the God who gives life. He can give life because he's the living God. He gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Glory to God. Now we are beginning. Life. Life. You are alive or you're, or you're dead. Let me explain this. Do you have rats in Galveston? 
We have rats in Africa. And some of our rats are big. I mean, very big. <laughs> Bigger than the European rats. I couldn't believe it when I saw the big rats the first time. Big. But when they give birth to baby rats, the baby rats are very small. Hmm. But you know what? They're still rats. <laughs> They're still rats. So, so people tell me, oh, I don't have a big faith. You don't need to have a big faith. You just need faith in him. Nothing less, nothing more. My Bible tells me, if you call upon the name of Muhammad, Mary, Buddha, Egon, <laughs> the name of Jesus shall be saved. Anytime, anywhere, when you call upon the name of Jesus, even if you say, I don't have a big faith, <laughs> something is going to happen. Something is going to happen. You will release the best. The best. The best. I'm closing down now. You know, I'm an evangelist. I closed seven times. <laughs> but I'm so, I'm, so, I'm so excited about uh, Abraham, the father of faith. <laughs> He wasn't perfect. I'm not perfect. I don't know about you. He married Sarah. I believe they loved each other. Sarah was barren. She couldn't give birth to any child. They were sorry. They were not happy. It's normal in a marriage to have children. Unless you decide not to have children. It's a blessing. It's not a curse to have children. I mean, we have three children. They're grown up and they're married and serving the Lord. But I don't remember, I remember when they were small. Sometimes they irritate me. They really did. Sometimes they made me angry. But I still love them. Even today, when they're grown up, I love them. But still they can irritate me. But I still love them. The same with you and me. We're not perfect. We're children of God. I believe we can irritate God sometimes. I think so. And, but he still loves us. He's still for us. He's not against us. So Abraham and Sarah, they did something very stupid. Abraham, if you don't want to listen to it, it's up to you. But it's in the Bible. They were so confused. So desperate. They wanted a child. They couldn't have a child. So Sarah told Abraham, sleep with the house girl. At least we will have a child. She never did that to me. Thank God she never did that to me. Mm. Stupid Abraham. Sorry, Abraham. Even today we have the problem between Ishmael and Isaac. Today. 
Just think about it. You might think you did something terrible, bad. It's not in the Bible. My story is not written in the Bible. All the bad stuff I did is not written in the Bible. Abraham can't get rid of it. I got rid of, rid of mine. So he slept with the house girl. Isaac, Ishmael got birth, was born. And now, now Abraham was 99 years old and Sarah, 90. I think they, I mean, now they were old, so it doesn't matter anyhow. Do you hear me? 100 years old, 90 years old, they don't want to have babies. All that noise every night. <laughs> Nappies. Doesn't work. Anyhow, the, 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 the love action. How can I explain it? I don't know if you are like the Africans. They tell me, God sent children from heaven. No, he don't. They're not coming from heaven. God made it different. So, so if you make it holy, it's right and it's good. But now, you know, I think they settle. They settle. It's too late. And maybe some of you tonight had settled. It's too late. God never showed up in time. God forgot me. God didn't want to bless me. And so you settle. But suddenly, one day, God gave Abraham a visit. Would you like to have a visit of God? Oh, I tell God many times, you visit Abraham, this old man who did that stupid stuff I never did in me. Why don't you visit me now? I want you to visit. I want you to come. So God came. He had a good time. And God was ready to leave. And he said, Abraham will come again next year. And when I come next year, you have a child. <laughs> Abraham, he was laughing. Sarah, she heard it too. And she was laughing. They were laughing at God. Have you ever been laughing at God? I never dared to do it. I'd be upset. I'd be angry. I'd be irritated. But laughing at God? No, 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 no. I can't do that. Abraham and Sarah, they did it. But anyhow, God didn't care about it. He said, I will come back. And when I come back, you have the son of promise. My Bible is full of God's promise. The best is yet to come. And God will deliver. If I'm faithful of my heart, and if I, I, I believe him, and I walk with him, he will never be too late. He might be a little bit late, but never too late. He will come. He will show up. He will visit me. He will deliver, deliver his goodness and his love, his mercy and his grace, his healing. Whatever you need. I'm sorry I'm shouting tonight. No, I'm not sorry. Can you imagine Sarah pregnant? Close your eyes. Look at this old lady. Sometimes people are, people are laughing at me because I'm pregnant too with the word of God, with the promise of God. And can, can you imagine the day that the baby came and the old man, Abraham, 100 years old? Ticket, 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 ticket. 
as we do as parents. Isaac, the promise of God. And the meaning of the, the name Isaac is God made me to laugh. Do you want to cry? Go ahead. I cry sometimes of joy, but uh, <laughs> crying of sorrow and, and all that struggle is not, it's no good. It's better to receive his goodness and be full of his joy and laugh because you are blessed. The best is yet to come. I'm prophesying over you tonight. The best is yet to come. I don't do it because I'm here to please you. I, don't, I know I don't need to please you. I'm just preaching what I'm feeling in my heart, what I'm feeling in my spirit. Before coming here today, the Lord told me, you're preaching about the best is yet to come. Tell the people the best is yet to come. Tell the church the best is yet to come. This is not the end. This is the beginning to something greater. You might be in the deep mud, but he will lift you up. You might be in the darkest of the darkest places, but he will bring you out. You might be sick to your body, but he will, he, will, he will heal you. You might have struggles in your workplaces, but he will bless you. He will deliver his goodness and his mercy for you. You might have struggles in your families, but he will come and visit even your families. He will do what you can't figure out. Even you can't imagine it. How could Abraham and Sarah imagine that he should have a baby? They couldn't do it. And you can't imagine what God is going to do for you. But he said, I will. I will. I will. I will. God is not a doubter. God knows what he is doing. God is confident because he knows he can do it. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. I'm just telling the devil, he don't have any rights to you because you are bought by the blood of Jesus. The devil didn't buy anybody by his blood. The devil is a liar. The devil is defeated. But you are conquerors. You are winner. You are going to win even more. You are not going to lose. You might have the feeling you are a loser. But I'm telling you tonight... You are not a loser. You are the winner, the best, the best from God is coming to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you believe it, receive it. If you believe it, worship him and thank him in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whew. I'm closing now. I promise. Maybe some of you know Pastor Semka from Word of Life Center's report. The first time we came to Report, never met Pastor Sam. Never met anyone from Report. Even we didn't know there was a place called Report. We came to service Saturday night. Some years ago, and I'm a little bit better in my English today, but that time, I mean, all the time, Pastor Sam is teasing me. All the time. He said, first time Egon came here preaching, he couldn't understand a single word. <laughs> I think that's wrong of a pastor to do. The pastor should encourage you, not get you down. And I know my English was very bad. 
But I always answer, I don't care. Because that Saturday night, <laughs> Don Smith got healed. I didn't know Don Smith. I didn't give an altar call. But I felt I had to go over there. We were standing and worshiping God at the end of the service. There was a tall man with a big beard. I didn't know anything about him. I hardly didn't touch him. Boom, he was on the floor. And there were no catchers. That's very dangerous in the U.S. You can be saved. <laughs> and I got that feeling from the whole church. Oh, man, you killed him. <laughs> and he looked like dead. He was out for a very long time. Everybody slowly, slowly left the building. Finally, Pastor Sam said, come, let us go. Finally, Don Smith, alone, together with the guy with the keys to the building. He was waiting for Don Smith to wake up. I know an hour, maybe more than an hour, he was out. You see, Don Smith, everybody knew him. The veterinarian, he had an accident with his back. I mean, he had screws or pins or plates or whatever in his back, and he was stiff. Even he couldn't see his feet. But the biggest problem was the pain 24-7. He had morphine, fluid morphine, maximum, constantly, and still in pain. And everybody in the church was praying for Don. Nothing happened. And that wild missionary from Africa, knocking him out like this on the floor. I didn't knock him out. I hardly didn't touch him. But when Don Smith woke up, no pain. No pain. He was jumping over the whole sanctuary, over the pews and everywhere like a crazy man. No pain. He wasn't stiff anymore. We didn't know that because Sunday morning early, we took a flight down to, Shreep, no, to, to, to New Orleans to preach in another church. So Pastor Sam called us and told us about it. But the story goes like this. When he had the accident done, he had an insurance, so I got a big amount of money. But not only the big amount of money, but every month, a paycheck from the insurance. Now he was healed, so he went to the doctor. He said, doctor, I'm healed. Look at me. I can do whatever you ask me to do, and I don't have any pain. The doctor said, I'm not signing the paper because people like you can't, can't get healed. So now, Don, he went to the insurance company, told them, I don't need your money anymore. I want you to sign the paper so I can go back to work. I want to work. Then they looked at him and the stupid insurance company said, no, 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 no. People like you can get healed. Even today, every month, you have a check. From the stupid insurance company. Don is not allowed to work, but he's playing. The best. I mean, I can't figure out that company, insurance company. Why in the world? I, nobody do want, don't want to pay anything to anybody. Nobody has to squeeze them. You need a lawyer to get your money. But now... Just because they don't believe in the best from God. He can do it for you. Please stand to your feet.
I just want to pray a prayer for you. And I believe it's, it's going, going to happen for you and to you. Lord, I thank you for my friends. I thank you for this church and the ministry of this church. I thank you for the pastor and his family. Thank you for everybody who is here tonight. It wasn't an accident. You planned it. And I ask you to do the best what you have planned for each and everybody. In every area of their lives. In the ministry of this church. In every area. And I ask you that we will see and hear the good reports of your goodness. Thank you, Lord, because you're healing people now. Thank you, Lord, because you're healing families now. Thank you for your salvation is going out and people are getting saved. People who are tormented will be set free. Lord, Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful because you are doing it. You promised it and you will do it. When we leave this church building tonight, you will go home with each and every one. And you will show up. And you will make a visit. A visit of surprise. In the name of Jesus. We thank you. We trust you. And we believe you. Amen. And amen. And amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Come on, lift your hands and worship the Lord for a moment. Oh, we glorify you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we thank you. The best is yet to come. Oh, we thank you for it, Father, for each and every individual, for each and every family, in our finances, in our health, Lord. Lord, in our jobs, in our businesses. Lord, and what we're doing as a church, the best is yet to come. We receive that from you, Father. We receive that from you, Heavenly Father. As a word from heaven, we receive it tonight. Hallelujah. Be seated just a moment. Let's prepare to receive an offering tonight. I believe there's a supernatural anointing upon this offering we're fixing to receive. Every once in a while, the Lord will show me a a little mini vision, and as I was sitting there as he was closing, I saw in the Spirit us sending Brother Egan and Sister Hannah back to Tanzania as a missile fired from a, from a cannon, a shot fired from a cannon, targeted to a region of darkness, an area of darkness, that when they get there with the gospel, it's just going to explode in light and dispel the darkness. But it'll have a ripple effect all the way back to Galveston. Now, can you imagine that? It'll have a ripple effect just like throwing a, a, into a, you know, this morning. I don't know if you were up early. We were up early this morning. The, the ocean was just like a sheet of glass. Uh, the bays were like a sheet of glass. Uh, the bio over here was like a sheet of, you know, you take and you throw a, you throw a rock in it, and, and, and there's the initial splash of the rock, but then there's the, the ripples that go out. And the calmer it is, the further they go. And I want you to know what we're going to do tonight in sowing toward their crusade, purchasing a crusade from Galveston, is going to have an effect like shooting a, a missile, a smart bomb, a rocket, into the region of darkness, and the light that affects 
That region is going to have an effect all the way back to Galveston Island. Isn't that great? If you're giving by cash, lift your hand. If you're making out a check, just make it to Island Church. We'll make sure that they get every penny and then some. Amen? We always, we always add to. You say, why do you do that? Because Island Church is a giving church. Amen? You know, I learned something when I was on the field. And it's hard to share it with pastors when the Lord shares it with you. But you know, the Lord showed me that when somebody comes to a church and preaches, the Bible says that a workman is worthy of his hire. And you know, it's not till we've paid him the wage that we begin to sow. You say, what do you mean? Well, there's a certain amount of money that I give every person when they come. Then I allow the church to sow. And over and above that is the seed that we plant as a church. And you know, God has been faithful to us. For over 12 years, we've never had a need that wasn't met. Uh, a little bit of debt we incurred one time was paid off very quickly. And now here we face the greatest financial challenge we've ever seen as a church. All things being equal, we need around $5 million within the next 36 to 48 uh, months. And here's the good news, it's coming. Now here's where it's going to land. It's going to land in your bank account. It's going to land in your investment. It's going to land in your uh, savings account. It's going to come to you in an inheritance. It's going to come to you in, in a raise and a bonus. It's going to come as an increase in your business. Some of you are going to find money. Some of you are going to have money pay, paid back to you that's owed. It's going to come from every different direction you can imagine and some you can't imagine. It's going to come as the Word says, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And the Spirit of God spoke to me tonight and said, this offering tonight will unlock that process. It will begin after tonight. The flow of finances will increase dramatically. The exponential curve, here's the way the Holy Ghost said it to me. From addition to multiplication, it's going to begin to come into the church. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I'm going to sow into that. I'm going to receive. You know, there are offerings that you sow into. There are other offerings that unlock something. And that's one of those offerings tonight. Amen. Hold your offering up. Say, Heavenly Father, tonight I sow into Africa, Tanzania specifically. We target areas of darkness, areas of death, that light and life may come as we give. Thank you, Father. Souls will be saved. Broken bodies will be healed. Demons will be cast out. The gospel will be preached and thousands, thousands will be saved. Here at Island Church, souls will be saved. Sick bodies will be healed. Demons will be cast out. The gospel will be preached. You said every seed reproduces after its own kind. We declare in Jesus' name. Revival in Tanzania. Revival in Galveston. Revival Everywhere we go, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You can receive the offering. Praise the Lord. We invite you to be sure and sign up on their sheet. As we always tell people, it's good to have a missionary that you personally support. If you do not have anybody you personally support, you might want to pray about supporting their ministry. We do it uh, one time when they come. Uh, we write them one good check every year, and that's our yearly support for them.
Uh, there's, what, 14 other missionaries we support on a monthly basis, and we give them more than those 14 missionaries. They get about, about $5,000 a year. We give them $10,000 a year. Amen. But, you know, the workman is worthy of their hire. They've not only got the great evangelistic ministry there in which they go and do great gospel crusades, but they have a great Bible school in which they have trained hundreds, thousands of men and women to go into Tanzania to be evangelists, to pastor churches, to be businessmen, and it has affected that nation. That's why the devil's trying so hard to shut it down and close the door. But I got good news. When I said this morning uh, at the beginning of the service, the doors that God opens, the enemy cannot shut. And we're going to believe God that no matter what the government has said about public gatherings, preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, anything that has been suppressed, that's going to be temporal, and the doors are going to open even wider than they ever have before. We're going to pray. We're going to agree with their faith. They're going to agree with our faith. And we're going to believe God together, and we're going to hear the good reports of what God desires to do. Amen. You love the Lord. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.